This is going to be so good, you guys. Welcome to Art Talk with April. I'm April Harris. I'm the artist of Inked April, located in Birmingham, Alabama. And this podcast is going to be about all things art. We'll talk about books, invite some artists to interviews, and much, much more. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Our Talk with April. It's just me today. And I plan on doing vlogs like this one as far as pretty much the first week of every month is the plan. So (laughs) I'm challenging myself to do this. Hopefully I will follow through and make it a thing. One of the things about doing the vlog thing, it's really hard for me to prepare for something like this. So I really want to do this. (laughs) I really want to do this and I really want to do a good job and learn how to you know, create B-roll and pull things together in a really interesting way and make storylines, you know. It is hard. It's hard. It's a lot harder than it looks because I have been videoing myself in these little moments about my day since January, maybe February, and have attempted to pull some things together. It doesn't always work out. And I'm also trying to do this as a podcast. So there's that tricky part where I need to kind of narrate my video. So right now, if you're on YouTube, you're in my studio. I'm looking at the camera. My little key cat is looking out the front door behind me. She's so adorable. (laughs) She's a tiny little cat and I just love her. She hardly sheds at all. Like I have not, our dog sheds more than she sheds. And so she's pretty, she is a pretty sweet cat. Her name's Poppy. In this vlog video, I'm going to try to piece together some scenes of me, you know, doing stuff around the house and um, doing some digital work doing some traditional work. And I'm also going to do some voiceovers and, you know, just have a variety of things happening. And some of this video is far back as February. And so I'm wearing one of my art shirts, which I love. And they're on sale at um, inkedapril.com in my shop under t-shirts. I only have a few up. Um, You can see behind me some of the books that I'm going to talk about uh, in a later part of the video. Let's get started. I have really enjoyed doing digital work lately and I'm so excited about this particular painting. If you go on my YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the cardinal painting that I'm working on right now in the video. It's really calling to me and inspiring. 
I've added some interesting leaves and I really love this idea of the veins coming out of the heart and creating sort of this Frida Kahlo-esque feeling with this female cardinal. And so it's one of those things that, you know, is it something that is mine or is it something that is created, you know, with the idea of being inspired by a really wonderful artist. And so I hope it's looked at as an inspired creation. And so I like to use reference photos whenever I can. And this painting has reference photos from, I like to go to either Pexels or Unsplash and look for flower images there. Those are royalty free. And so I like to find images like that. And then I'll take the image of the flowers and then sort of mimic the way the petals are shaped and the colors that are in the petals. So I'm not drawing them exactly the way that they are in the photograph. And so one of the things I really like about working digital is that I can zoom in like this and I can really color and shade and highlight areas in better detail than I would have. Being a little bit older and having issues with eyesight, it's really nice to be able to zoom in and make sure that I'm capturing something the way that I like to. So score one for digital and being able to zoom in when you're older. So brushes that I like to use on my digital work are um, watercolor brushes for the background washes and then sort of a pencil, color pencil, ink kind of brush that I'm doing the detail with and part of the reason why I like doing it this way is that it's mimicking what I would do in traditional art. So I'm tr I am intentionally trying to capture what I would do with traditional watercolors, traditional color pencil and ink and creating it in a digital format. And the reason that I'm doing this is because my intention is to be able to do both and for my style and my work to be consistent with both digital and traditional work. I don't know if all artists do it that way, but I really like the idea of being able to do it that way. With the digital work, I would like to create something of an illustration portfolio Whereas the traditional work, I would like to create more of a fine art portfolio. And of course, my style and subject matter and everything is very outsider art and very lowbrow. Um, not really something that I'm expecting to be in museums or anything, but I really like the idea of being able to do art festivals and have originals available. One of the things that I would like to 
um, add to my portfolio are works that are on panel and possibly doing some either water soluble oils or acrylics. Um, I care a lot about not having a lot of chemicals around in the studio and things like that. So hopefully I'll be able to add some of those kinds of things to my portfolio and then be able to sell those at local festivals and art shows and things like that. So I'm kind of planning things out with all of that in mind. And then the digital work would be primarily for illustration projects, books, and possibly some graphic novel ideas that I have in the works. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is being a mom and being an artist. I'm often finding that it's really hard for me to be in my studio and to do traditional work. And I typically work in watercolors and ink pens or ink and paint and that kind of thing. And when you pull all of those kinds of really fun, um, exciting art supplies out uh, where your kids can see you sort of, you know, going over to the side and focusing on creating something. Kids are all about art. They love to be involved and I'm one of those parents that I don't pressure my children to draw or to create anything. In fact, I would really like to be able to just do it on my own without any disruption, but um, both of my children really love to get involved with arts and crafts and that kind of thing, so that's fun. And I love getting them involved in being in the studio and everything. So I wanted to share with you too, speaking of pen and ink, I really love Micron pens. And for the longest time, I've used those as far as my pen and ink work. And so I finally came across some Micron pens that were color. And I feel like they've been doing color for a while, but... For whatever reason, I feel like they weren't waterproof. These sets of Microns are definitely waterproof. And they come in a variety of colors. I've got some 01s and 05s. There's only like, I want to say like maybe 10, 15 different colors. But they don't label the pens with the names of the colors. So the ink is actually waterproof and fade-proof, which is what I've been looking for for a while. And I really love Micron. And so when I came across these archival color pens, I thought, this is great. You know, like I can really use these in my watercolor paintings and um, create some more interesting details and shading and coloring. And what I really like about doing watercolor with pen and ink and graphite or color pencils is that you can really achieve these different textures. And so rather than just doing plain watercolor, I like to add the cross hatching and shading of graphite or pen and ink 
because I love that texture. Just look at how cool that texture is. It's so awesome. And it's not that I have anything against um, just watercolor, but I'm first and foremost a pen and ink artist. And so for me, I think of it like I'm adding watercolor to my pen and ink drawings versus I'm adding pen and ink to my watercolor drawings, so my watercolor paintings. And that's one of those things that I find really interesting I've come across is basically these sort of old school thinking about different painting mediums and what's appropriate and what's acceptable and how like maybe you're not a real watercolor artist unless you're doing straight watercolor and only using watercolor mediums and that kind of thing. Um, I'm not that kind of artist. I don't think that way. I don't feel that way. I don't limit myself and my mindset and my perspective on my art when it comes to creating something as far as like, oh, this is what's acceptable and oh, this is not okay and I have to do it this way or I have to do it that way. So I combine mediums all the time. I'm a big fan of basically going where you're inspired to go. So if you're into acrylics and you want to experiment adding inks, I mean, I'm all for it. Like I don't say, okay, this is, I'm an acrylic painter and I do acrylic paintings and that's all I'm going to do. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. That's something that's been like on my mind lately. So I'm actually wanting to share with you this really cool tool that I came across a couple of years ago, but I haven't really heard a lot of other um, ink artists or watercolor artists talking about it, but it's the Tombow Mono Eraser. And it's sort of like this heavy duty eraser that is supposed to remove ink. And I've actually used it for some watercolor as well. And I'm actually showing a little bit of it on the video version of this podcast episode. And it's really cool, but you have to be very careful about how much you rub and try to erase the spots on your paper because you can create a hole in the paper and ruin your paper altogether. But it actually erases ink. So that's super cool and I wanted to share that with you guys. It's Modern Watercolor Botanicals by um, Sarah Simon, which on the Instagram, it's The Mint Gardener. And it's a workshop in watercolor gouache and ink. And it is a beautiful book. I mean, 
hard bound. It has this these really nice um, little features here and beautiful pictures. And I just love the design of the book. And it's got her artwork in a lot of the um, illustrations. And then as you can see in the contents, in the contents, um, you've got tools, preparing to paint. It teaches you some basic watercolor, um, color, composition and painting, but then you've got over here lessons. So you can actually work through lessons. So of course I'm, you know, I already paint, but this look, this book is just so beautiful and it's so well written and interesting. I've actually read through all of the introductory stuff, but I didn't do um, any of the lessons yet. Um, and this is an excellent um, list of tools and she's really considerate of, you know, not necessarily getting everything and, and um, she's telling you to get student grade so it's going to be less expensive to experiment. And I just love the pictures and a lot of, you know, the information that she gives. She teaches you about brushes and the shapes of brushes and how to take care of them. Um, and just beautiful, beautiful. It just shows you, you know, so much interesting content. I think for anyone, whether you're an artist interested in doing watercolors and gouache or not I mean it, it you know if you're if you're someone who is just like I would really love to learn how to do watercolors this is a beautiful beautiful book so then let's turn to um, a lesson like this is lesson five so she's breaking it down here to shapes marks and lines and then you've got the tools uh, and some of these, you know, like a mason jar of water. So you could have two, you know, solo cups of water <laughs> or, you know, um, <clears throat> ink pens, these micron pens, the reason why she's specific, being specific about that is because they're um, waterproof. And those basically look like this. And you can get these just about anywhere. Um, I mean, even like the like Office Depot, Walmart. I mean, they're starting to sell these everywhere. So, um, really easy to get. And then, you know, you've got your paint palettes, color recipe, so white and peach. The techniques you would be learning. I mean, it's just, and it, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I just love looking at this book. So, it's t teaching you about ratios in order to get certain colors. So, you would do like a wash in these boxes and marks here. Um, 
and making this watercolor chart. Oh, that's so, I just love that. And um, just her, her way of like illustrating it for you and showing you, you know, what that looks like. And then you've got your gouache chart. Uh, and you get to go through each step and sort of learn um, all of these wonderful things. I mean, it just looks fun, doesn't it? Doesn't it look fun? Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, as an artist, someone who has been to school and, you know, has learned different mediums along the way, it's not really something that I do very often to have like a book where there are projects and lessons, but this book is so good, you guys. Oh my goodness. And it's really about botanicals. So the idea is to do paintings of florals, you know, leaves, and um, let's see here. She's got like a contour drawing with colored leaves and you know like plants if you have if you're a collector of plants I mean that is just beautiful and you have some flowers and she's teaching wet on wet and it's just very it's very informative very accessible I feel like and and well created and the paper is just really this very nice paper so that's the first book <laughs> I just love this book you guys and I bought it off of Amazon so the next couple books are more like reference books but they're all are really great for children as well so um, I particularly love this publisher, DK. They do a lot of children's stuff, um, but you'll typically find these sort of in the, um, the section when you walk into like a Barnes and Noble, you'll find it in like the front sections where they're having like a sale or whatever. They're not expensive books by any means, but they're just so great. And um, they separate them into subjects like these particular ones are more like sort of encyclopedias and um, what you'll find in there is you know everything from the family species um, you've got all of the information about the stages of the butterfly you can see you know what a chrysalis would look like in the um, butterfly, the female and the male versions, you know, where they're located, wingspan, habitat. I mean, it's just, and the, the photography is really good. So that's one of the reasons why I particularly love these books is because I can get a lot of references for, you know, the color patterns of these different butterflies and moths. 
and really see the detail of their bodies and the shapes of their wings. Um, like the, you know, and it'll point out things too to keep in mind that there's, you know, some small pointed tails and things like that. It's just so fascinating and it's really cool to look at, you know. But as an artist, I use, I like to use these books as reference. So a lot of times I'll be going through and find something and I'm like, okay, I really love this moth or this butterfly. And then I'll think about, you know, where it's located. And then I'll also try to find, um, I try to find plants and things that correspond with that, but not always because a lot of my work is, you know, very imaginative and fanciful. So it's not something that I, I really stick to as if I'm doing like a scientific illustration. Um, so then this book is uh, Mushrooms, How to Identify and Gather Wild Mushrooms and Other Fungi. And so I'm not planning on gathering and identifying mushrooms necessarily, but I do love to draw them and, you know, have a reference for the parts of the mushrooms. Um, my son was really into mushrooms for a little while and was finding them all about the house. And so we were trying to teach him you know, what to look out for and what to, you know, avoid intentionally. But some of this stuff is just so interesting. And so you can take reference photos like this and, and learn about it, you know, actually learn about the different kinds. I mean, these are just completely wild mushrooms and it tells you all about it. Um, you know, if it's poisonous, where it grows and it points out details of what it looks like you know so that especially if you're an artist and you're using it as a reference to create images then you can learn about the actual mushrooms learn how they grow where they would grow you know and not necessarily draw this specific grouping of mushrooms but know enough about them that you can add these to your paintings in appropriate ways the way that they would naturally grow or you know what they would naturally look like you would learn about the different parts of the mushrooms um, and some of them are just so interesting and it's even really cool to just um, you know, practice drawing things like this, like drawing the textures that are in the mushroom, the different caps and the different colors. Because I mean, like you can see in here, there's like all kinds of gray and I would say even some purple and blue and um, yellows and oranges and browns. I mean, it's just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And so maybe not everybody would be interested in books like this, but I just love, I love Decay. I have lots of their books. 
Um, I have some of their gardening books, some of um, their birds. I have a um, book about birds. I have a book about seeds and plants and um, just wonderful, wonderful books. I'll, I'll share with you guys at another time. But um, these are the three books that I wanted to share today. So I hope you enjoy them. Got them all on Amazon. Um, really wonderful books. I absolutely love these books. So um, hope you find that interesting. So this is the end of the podcast, episode 14. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow and I'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to Art Talk with April. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe.